Hey, hey, Cameron, come over, come over here. I, I've got something really cool to tell you. Oh, uh, okay. What's that? Um, uh, okay, never mind. I, I forgot. Sorry. Uh, all right. Bye. Oh, wait, wait. Come back. I know what it is. Oh, Jake, you're making me do like a whole 360 here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome back, everyone, to Season 3 of Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And I am Jake. And today... I offer... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say something. Me neither. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, and today we are recording on May 2nd and the 3rd, 2021. Now go on. That's a, say, say your that, thing. That's a great time. Uh, I was going to say I offer you a beautiful welcome because I am excited to talk about some cool stuff or something along the lines of that. I don't remember, <laughs> but there you go. All right. Sorry, I screwed up your beautiful intro there. No, no, dude. It, it was terrible, and I, I interrupted you, so my, my apologies there. So as you heard in our incredible intro today, we are talking about the Xbox 360, which in my opinion was kind of the definition of this generation of consoles, you know, is, is 360 versus Wii versus the PS3. And I know around this time in our life, a lot of people had two consoles. Like I, Jake and I both did actually, you had a PS3 too, didn't you? I did not actually. Oh, never mind. All right. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> We've got some other things to, to go over beforehand, and that is, what's going on in our lives? We've got some interesting things, don't we? Uh, Cameron, did you do anything recently, anything fun? Uh, did you buy any new video games? or? Uh, as of recently, no. I have not bought anything new. If I have, I've forgotten, because all I do is play WoW. So, nice. <laughs> but... A very cool thing that has happened, ladies and gentlemen. Jake, what have you recently bought? Well, I shelled out way too much money. No, I'm just joking. It wasn't too much. I shelled out a lot of money and bought myself an Oculus. That's right. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so Jake and I got to play some putt-putt together this week, and it was freaking cool. It was like, it's just like we were together again. On yeah, the it, it, was, it was like we were in the same place. You know, with that whole VR experience. Yeah. And it was fun. It was, so. it was very fun. I actually can't wait to play some more with you. Yeah, we should do that soon, actually. Yeah, do a, a little treasure hunt around the golf course. Yeah, and then we can podcast about it later and <laughs> all the epic adventures of finding those missing uh, golf balls. Yeah. Because that was a fun thing that I enjoyed doing. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like, how could we get in, like, a VR you know, just like virtual chat room and maybe mm -hmm. record the podcast while we're in there with our headsets on, which I think would be really cool because it'd be like, hey, we're in the same room having a conversation. The only downside is I wouldn't be able to see my notes of anything we've written or prepared. Oh, yeah. And on the downside of also is um, I can't see your face. Like we we just true. have an avatar and seeing your face here on my computer does... You know, make it a lot easier having expressions to play off each other. Yes, definitely. It would make for a nice experience, though. We could at least uh, maybe record a bit of it or a section of it for the podcast and then record our reactions. <laughs> okay, yeah, we could do that. that might I work. think that might be fun. The listeners might appreciate that. But anyway, guys, uh, the Oculus is really cool. If you get a chance to use it, it's pretty neat. Yeah. I did not know what to expect with this whole modern VR thing. I had no idea what to expect, but it's pretty cool. So what all have you been playing on it? Mostly putt-putt. I've also been playing a uh, like a flight simulator and a bit of Beat Saber. Nice. Not too much. I have not dedicated the kind of time that some of those really awesome people have. Like yeah. you. You're really <laughs> fancy at that game. Well, it's just funny because, yeah, Beat Saber... If you've never played it, it's it's so cool and it's very addicting. It's like DDR meets Guitar Hero meets the best thing ever. And it's very hard to get into. Like it takes a while to kind of understand the patterns and just how things are flying at you. 
But I think the campaign, if you play through that, the single player campaign is actually pretty well scaffolded in difficulty where it just kind of, you don't realize how much better you're getting as you play through Mm -hmm. it. And then by the end, you're super impressed with yourself. And yeah, there's still, oh my gosh, there's some songs where they just come at you so darn quick. It's like, how how can anyone get this right? Because even if I can figure out like what the pattern or the rhythm is, if you screw up one swing, you're going to screw up a bunch more as you try to get back on track. And mm. there's so many you miss in that time frame that you fail the song, which is disappointing. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> we were playing uh, just a few songs on hard mode together. And then I'm like, oh, let me, let me show you the song I just got an S rank on on Expert. And pulled that up and just was acing it. And Jake failed out like immediately. <laughs> I just wanted I to show flailing. off. <laughs> I was flailing. It was bad. I mean, you were amazing. But I think midway through that song, I don't remember when, the connection cut. Yeah. I think but your internet was struggling with us like being in a private chat and a mm. game at the same time. So maybe oh. we need to do just one of those next time but anyway it was super cool and i am so excited to like explore more of that with you not only just because we get to experience this from separate countries but also i don't have any other close friends with one to try Mm. out these multiplayer experiences with and so other than that the only really awkward thing is trying to figure out you know much like right now when our schedules line up to where we (laughs) can do that when I'm out of bed in the morning and when you're not sleeping. Exactly. Because that's most of the time during our day. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> other than that, you're on spring break right now. What yes. have you been doing with your break? So, spring break in Japan is Golden Week. And Golden Week is a countrywide cultural uh, time where a lot of people take time off. So, everyone's off right now. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And uh, you've got this really cool thing called Children's Day. Okay. And it's like a celebration of kids, obviously, because there's a lot of really cool holidays. And I mean a lot of holidays in Japan. So there's a lot of sales right now on really cool stuff and a lot of sales on toys. So Mm -hmm. I've been out and (laughs) really checking things out and checking out what Japan has to offer. So I've been, I, I spent a lot of time in Akihabara, which is... Japan's nerd district, the basically the quintessential uh, lights you think of when you think of downtown Tokyo. Nice. The flashiness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually have bought too much already. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly video games and nerdy stuff. But I did decide, because I'm on break, I need to buy something really, really cool. And it's not really related to what we're talking about today, but I should at least share what it is. Okay. So as you know, Cameron, and as some of my uh, family knows, I collect movie props and movie memorabilia. Ooh, what'd you get? So being in Japan, you have access to certain studio stuff. I bought a an original cell from the TV show Pokemon. Oh, you did? I did. And that is hard to find because Pokemon is so well known. Mm -hmm. So I bought one with Misty holding Togepi because a character cell, like with an actual character from the show on it is considerably rarer and more valuable than just like a standard shot with like, you know, half of someone or just like a scenery piece. So I might've spent way too much on it, but I'm probably (laughs) going to make some posts about this later about what I found because I feel like I struck gold here and I'm really proud of this. So no, that's really cool. So did it it come in like a nice frame or anything or like, what's it look like? Uh, Actually, no, I actually had to take it out of a, uh, out of, out of a sleeve. Okay. Um, like a, like a portfolio sleeve. And it, it was, it's, it's like in a cellophane case, not case, but like a sleeve, like a Mm -hmm. clear plastic sleeve. And that's where it is right now, but I've got it kind of protected between a couple of um, uh, cardboard, I don't know, squares, if you will. Yeah. I'm going to probably want to frame it, but (laughs) they told me don't touch the surface because it's made of uh, acetate and it's going to, you know, get fingerprints. Right. It's not good. So (laughs) 
it, right now it's just sitting in a cellophane sleeve right next to me. <laughs> Very cool. Can you show me? Uh, yes, yeah. I can. All right. Everyone, listen while Jake shows me this thing, and I will describe it to you. Okay, so I am holding the bag right now, and the bag is blue. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> what? Why, why would you joke about the color of the bag? No, it, it actually is blue. Oh, I'm just joking okay. about the whole descriptive part. Okay. So this this is what it is right here. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, it's... Whoops. Oh, Jake's okay. broken. It's protected. Oh, it's okay. protected. <laughs> so there you go. And that's that's a hand-painted uh, cell, um, probably with acrylic or gouache. And the background is separate. Yeah, um, I just see to that. Give it it, it looks like two layers. We got Misty and Tokopi on, like, on the front, and then the background, you can tell, is like on a separate layer of paper or something. Yeah. And that's how you create animation. You just layer one after the other of these clear cells over the background, and it gives the illusion of movement. Oh. So, like, in this scene, her her mouth right now is closed, mm -hmm. but they had separate cells that would, like, open and close, and they just overlay and then take it off, overlay and take it off, and film that to give the illusion of her talking. So they're reusing animation, basically, to help, you know, make repetitive motion and stuff. Yep, and that is very common in anime, which is known for very, I don't want to say choppy movements, but it's it's meant to be uh <laughs> their their mouths are very flappy and don't necessarily form words yeah okay basically <laughs> okay that's cool that's not what i expected so um to tangent off that one of my favorite presents i ever got my sister uh years and years ago is i got her three cells from star wars revenge of the sith and oh that's cool so then so that's like an actual little film strip so much smaller than what you just, so Jake just held up. It was like a full eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, but uh -huh. I'm just talking like a little film cell, and I had three of them. They're all of Palpatine, but it came in this really nice like plaque with it's got like the the poster of the movie and then the the cells like embedded right next to it. Uh -huh. So yeah, the the longer time has passed, the more proud I am that I got that because it it wasn't that expensive at the time. That's actually really cool. But when they do live filming that's exactly what it's recorded on it's the small um you know small film strips yeah somewhere there is a small film strip of the cell that i just showed you but they have to film it first that's so cool with with live it just goes straight to the film so that's interesting i didn't know you got those that's really cool yeah <laughs> hopefully jamie still has it yeah i think she does i mean the, <laughs> anyway i'll find it some other time so nice man very cool. Shall we get into the bulk of our conversation for today? Yes. Let us get into the bulk of this conversation, which is very appropriate considering the size of the console. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. All right. Cue the intro sound to the Xbox 360. Boom. Very iconic sound. I love that yeah. sound. That brings me back. <laughs> uh, all right. So let me just dive into a, a quick uh, introduction to it, and then let's talk about our experiences with it. So the sure. Xbox 360 came out November 22nd, 2005. It launched at $400 and had a pretty rough supply and demand issue when it came out, very much like what we're seeing right now. But one of the most interesting things about this is that it came out a year before the Wii and the PS3. Like, they rushed to get this to the market so they could, you know, help dominate it. And in the long run, I don't know if this early adoption proved correct, but it did destroy the PS3. The PS3 did not actually do great this generation. They, they won us back with the PS4 later on. But the 360 was a big deal. And personally, it really kind of sums up this generation for me. I didn't have a ton of stuff on the Wii. I didn't own a PS3, but I owned a lot on the 360 and played a ton of games. So I thought we'd start off with just our story of how we got it. And I think I should go first with mine just because uh, it kind of connects to yours directly. It does. Uh, it connects. <laughs> I see what you did there. Boo, not the connect. <laughs> that thing sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Go for it. I would love to hear uh, 
the start of your story because you were very excited about this. Okay, yeah. So I was very excited because this was the time of my first job. I was 16. I was working at Dairy Queen. Absolutely miserable. Terrible place to work. Uh, My boss was awful. Very mean old lady who yelled at everyone. Picture the the angry comedian Lewis Black. And she looked exactly like that guy. No difference. So uh, she was she was scary. But anyway, through this, I made some money and I was very excited to go spend all this money and get a 360. So it was pretty close to launch and the stock issues were still happening where they're hard to find. And I remember there was like a week straight where I'd go to straight to Walmart, like after school every day. And they were never in stock. <laughs> I do remember one day it poured rain so badly that I had to like just pull over because I couldn't see two feet in front of my truck. But I eventually I got over to Walmart and I'm sprinting through the parking lot through the rain. And I try to dip into, you know, the automatic door just as it's closing and clip my shoulder and just like spin out into Walmart as I like try to jump through the store and smack into it really hard. Oh and, my gosh. And then I get to the electronics and it wasn't there. So that was disappointing. Oh, that's awful. But anyway, I did eventually get one. And I remember telling you and you posted on my one up page, just like, you got a 360. Pwn, 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 pwn. <laughs> just like a paragraph of pwn. You guys remember pwn? Uh, that was definitely a, of the time. Yeah, I remember that too. That was the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned 360 <laughs> was the fact that I was living in the Stone Age, like I still am, um, and you got that. And it was just the two simple sentences that you posted. I asked you how you're doing. You're like, I'm good. I got a 360. I was like, oh my gosh, Cameron got a 360. I was so excited. So yeah, what I did was I actually wrote Pwn like four times or typed it out and then I copied and pasted it. And then I kept copying and pasting. (laughs) And I was really proud of myself like, oh, I'm making so many Pwns. I'm so cool. Wow. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So the original Xbox 360 was obviously it was very great. It was beautiful. I think the the graphical jump here was again pretty big. Mm-hmm. And later I don't think the graphical jump from 360 to Xbox 1 was that significant. It's crazy what they were able to do with the 360. And I was I was looking at the timeline here. The OG Xbox came out in 2001. The 360 mm-hmm. in 2005. The Xbox 1 2013. So the OG was only a four-year generation. I I didn't realize how short that was, but this generation was eight years from console to console. And it's crazy what it was able to do. Think back to the launch titles. And I remember playing Call of Duty 2 or something in Target and just Mm -hmm. being blown away just like the smoke effects of the grenades. Like, this is really cool. And then... That looked like crap compared to Halo 4, which came out at the end of the generation. Like, Halo 4 can be on Xbox One, and I wouldn't know the difference. Wow. And that's that's, cool. It makes this generation, first of all, awesome, but so replayable. And I'm actually really looking forward to replaying some of these games before uh, we get to do an episode about them. But anyway, I'm stretching this out a little too long. Let's get to Jake's story here. So... The original 360, it didn't have Wi-Fi. I had a Wi-Fi adapter, but didn't really like it. And it had a tiny hard drive of Mm -hmm. only like 20 gigs. And over the course of the 360's lifespan, there was remodels and revisions. And there was the the S version, because, you know, Xbox always has to make an S. And it had a 120 gig hard drive and built-in Wi-Fi. And so... I decided to buy that on eBay, even though I didn't necessarily need it. You know, it also had a built-in HDMI, which yeah. was much nicer for the newer TVs. So I got that on eBay, and then one day, you were just over. We were playing my 360, and I remember I don't remember the conversation necessarily, but I was like, yeah, I got this one. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, my old one. It's like, do you want to borrow it for a bit? And then I thought, wait, no, do you just want it? 
Like, you don't need to borrow. Do you just want to take this? And that's how you got your 360. Yep. That was the gist of it. I think that was many years after you bought it, to be honest. You were in college. And yeah. Prior to that, I was still playing the Wii. Like, I was living in the Stone Age and really didn't know anything outside of um, Game Informer, because that's how I stayed informed, yeah. no pun intended. But <laughs> I would keep getting those from GameStop, and it, it was really cool to read all about everything in Game Informer. So that's what got me hyped initially. But yeah, you basically said that. Like, do you just want it? And I'm like, sure, okay. Free Xbox. <laughs> so I, I hadn't really... I mean, I was really excited. Hadn't really played much at all outside of friends, uh, consoles and stuff. But yeah, I own your old 360. How's it doing for you? Well, last I checked almost two years ago, it was doing just <laughs> fine. That's good. I think that... Did it ever get the Red Ring of Death? Yep, we'll get to that. Okay, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a preview, folks. But... <laughs> Anyway, I played the crap out of that thing. I got so many 360 games. I was very late to the game. Again, no pun intended, but I did play it a lot. Most of the games I played were very inexpensive ones from years past because I didn't know any better. Well, and that's the advantage of coming in late. You've got a huge pool to select from. That's true. And you don't have to spend nearly as much money. But you came over quite a few times after that, and you... You recommended a lot of games, and I remember us going out and, you know, buying a few games that you would recommend yeah. to come back and play on the system. That's what got me into the Microsoft realm. Nice. And it's crazy. I hadn't even really put that together. You said I gave it to you in college. This literally went, so 2005 to, thir to 13, that's my freshman year of high school to my senior year of college. Like, what a huge span of our and huge and significant span of our life that that entailed. Like that's crazy. No kidding. And I guess wow. the Xbox one has gone nearly just as long, seven years for the Xbox one. So uh -huh. I do, I really like how they're able to expand these generations. And even though it kind of sucks that they, you know, they put out these incremental upgrades of, you know, system remodels, where you feel obligated to rebuy your own system, mm -hmm. but it does it stretches it out, and that's pretty darn cool. Definitely, gotta say, man, I really wish I could go back and play this now. <laughs> it's difficult to find these in Japan. Well, it's not difficult, but there's not as much of a base of gamers or pool to choose from. Yeah, as as we know, it did not do well there. No, it really so didn't. <laughs> um, let's jump into kind of the, the origin, the history of this. And uh, feel free to throw in any facts that I am missing, Jake. Sure thing. I will throw them right in. Boom. Throw them. All right. So, the original... No, that's wrong. That's wrong. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. I'm sorry. You jerk. All right. So, the original code name for the 360 was Trinity, based off of The Matrix, because that's how immersive this was going to be. It's like you're in the Matrix, so they called it Trinity. But apparently another team at Microsoft was using that code name for something else, so they changed it to Xenon only because it started with an X. That was the only reason. So, Really? There you go, Xenon. <laughs> then they later landed on the 360 because they thought the 2 was a little too cliche because I guess they didn't want to just follow alongside what PlayStation was doing. Mm. And yeah. honestly... <laughs> I don't know how true this is, but just kind of thinking when dummies are out shopping for consoles or, you know, grandparents buying for their grandkid, PS3 versus Xbox Two, right? The PS3 seems greater than. So yeah. maybe that's why they went different way with that. And the name 360 just came from the, the user is at the center of a circle. It all revolves mm -hmm. around the user. Yep. And they wanted it to be a media center, and an experience, a 1080p machine. They wanted to definitely kind of pull in the computer aspect of Microsoft into this. Yeah. And 360 does sound technical. A lot more <laughs> than three. Yeah, and at that point, I was still fine with that, that naming convention. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. 360. And then they went Xbox One. 
It's like, uh, what? Why? Okay, <laughs> get it. Because it, it's all in one. It's everything you need. All right, this next yeah. one. Series. Okay, guys. Who's who's in charge over there? No consistency. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think the people who name these consoles are definitely revolving kind of like 360, you know? Ah, uh, revolving. So the same people are coming back? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, sure. Pretty soon we're going to have a uh, Xbox, like, I don't know, uh, some big number. Who knows? I mean, honestly, they should have made the Series X the 720. That would have been so cool. That would have been. <laughs> it, it's going to, but that that's going to get exponentially bigger. You're going to have like, you Ooh. know, six digit numbers. Xbox exponential. Oh. Uh, the exponential box. The exponential box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that should be the next one the exponential box but when this first came out do you remember how many systems there were there were two different ones yes two different models mm-hmm. yeah there was the core system and there was the pro system and like it's a you know everyone always touted the pro system when i first heard about the xbox i remember actually initially starting up to save for the core system because I thought I don't need anything fancy. I'm not going to play online. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends berated me for that and I stopped saving. So there's a side tangent, but anyway, the the core system came with no memory. Wasn't that correct? There's no hard drive. You needed memory no, cards. No, no hard drive. That's true, but you could use memory cards. And then there was one little detail, the Chrome plating for the disc oh. drive cover. I forgot about that. That was like the only way to tell other than the lack of hard drive on top. Yep. And that's what came with the pro system. And on top of that, it came with the hard drive. The pro system did. Mm-hmm. And it came with the Xbox live membership and the other accessories. Oh, that's right. So, and it was a hundred dollars more. Di- didn't you get the pro system? I think yeah, yours I has the Chrome. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And anyway, the core system I'm sure is just as great. My friend had the core system, and that's what we played, and it worked just fine. <laughs> so, actually, I wanted to go through the list here because they actually came out with so many variations on the 360 that it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so, I got the Wikipedia page up, and there's nine. There's nine variations. So, like we said, we had the first two at launch, the the 20 gig and the no gig, and then... They came. They later changed up the the main one to have sixty gigs. Core edition was replaced by the arcade edition. The arcade, same price. It included a wireless controller, had HDMI, and two hundred and fifty six meg memory built in, and came with five Xbox Live titles. Okay, man, two hundred fifty six megs. What can you even put on that? I guess five Xbox Live arcade titles. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the 360 Elite, that was a big deal when that came out because it launched at $480, mm-hmm. which was, ooh, that's expensive, 2007. <laughs> I mean, that's expensive now. And that had a 120 gig hard drive built into that. Okay. And then we get into the, the S versions, the Slim, and... Those were pretty dang nice because the the nice slim that is like glossy, which is the one I have, has a 250 gig hard drive. I think I said 120 earlier, but 250. But then it came with this other one that is a matte finish and it only had four gigs on that. It's just crazy. That's like, here's one with four. Here's one with 250. Like quite a drastic difference. there. That's really weird. At that point in time, when they realize you need a ton of memory for games. Yeah. What was the thinking behind that? Well, I, I guess we still didn't need that much memory then. Now we sure do. You know, you download an update for Halo 5 and it's like a 150 gig download. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> now you need terabytes <laughs> worth of memory. Yeah. So that's a totally different tangent, but you're right to where when the series x and the ps5 were announced and it's like one terabyte hard drive it's like are you serious like that is not even close to what we need Mm -hmm. and 
you're launching with one terabyte and we can expand another terabyte into it for like another couple hundred dollars to put in there. So that seems very short-sighted, but also memory is pretty much like a dollar per gig. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's that's inaccurate. I don't know. It's it's constantly changing. So hopefully it's they have cheaper cheap, though. Yeah, hopefully they have cheap expansion units in the future or like I'll bet they'll come out with the slim Xbox series with, you know, like five terabytes built into it at some point. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to get back to the 360, they actually announced released one more version of the 360, which very few people saw or had because it came out in 2013. And it looks a lot like the Xbox One. It's called the 360E. Hmm. And it's just, uh, it, honestly, it just looks like a more rounded Xbox One, like rounded corners and edges. And no, no one really got that one, I feel like. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> the E? Yeah, I'm going to huh. on eBay. Huh. eBay. Xbox, eBay. I, what, are you making... I don't understand what your joke is right now. You said the Xbox E. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. <laughs> so that's going for like anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks. Oh, what the heck? Now, a bunch of people are selling them without the hard drive. What good is that? So a hundred bucks with the hard drive. Okay. And yeah, same deal. They had like the four gig and then a 250 gig. Holy cow. Yeah, okay. that is weird. Gets people buying those hard drives though. I it's hope extra so. money. So speaking of memory, that is one thing I want to talk about is RAM. Here's a little computer knowledge for you guys. So RAM stands for random access memory. And basically in a computer or console, it is like your short-term memory. Your hard drive, the 120 gig hard drive on it, that's like your long-term memory. So a good analogy would be like, right now my mind is focused on this conversation right now. I'm not thinking about what I did yesterday. But if I stop and think, I can remember what I did yesterday. So that's, that's what RAM is. It's what's helping you process what you're doing right now while it's remembering other stuff in the hard drive. And the faster and bigger that RAM is, uh, it really affects the games, the games that you're playing. Like that is hugely significant. So the 360 during prototyping initially only had like 256 megs. 256 megs of RAM. And that is not a lot. And the big, big killer IP that was being made for the 360 was Gears of War, which is mm-hmm. a gorgeous game. And yeah. when the developers were making it, they're like, look, we need 512 megs. You need to double this. Microsoft was against it because it was going to be a huge expense to them to make that happen. They were pretty ticked about it like all right that just cost us a billion dollars and uh, <laughs> the makers of gears of war and they're like well you just saved a billion gamers because they will appreciate <laughs> that um because they even they like made a demo of it running at the 256 megs and it looked like garbage so it's crazy how much doubling it helped it so i guess you can well, also yeah. kind of compare it to like the n64 what the ram pack did the expansion mm-hmm. pack that also that doubled the RAM and made games look a lot better. Yeah. And yep. To give you some perspective now, that was 512 megs on the 360. The Xbox One has eight gigs of DDR3. And mm. I don't actually know what that means, but it's just like the last generation of RAM. My PC has 64 gigs of DDR4. And then my graphics okay. card has eight gigs of DDR6 built into it. So all that is to say, wow, we've made strides. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's better to ram more in. That seems inappropriate. I'm going to censor that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that ram. That's some uh, that's actually a lot of stuff that. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about RAM until you just explained it there. Boom. Interesting. Thank Tech you, Cameron. Knowledge. You're welcome. That's awesome. All right. What do you want to talk about now? Uh, I want to talk about 
the different things on the system, okay. such as like what you were mentioning earlier, the Red Ring of Death. Ah, <laughs> let's talk about that because that was something I didn't know anything about. Okay, until I did research, and it was not a good thing. <laughs> Tell but you us did about say it. You got it earlier. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so the Red Ring of Death is kind of weird. I never really understood it, and I still don't because I don't know much about technology. So basically, at some point, a lot of users had reported the front of their Xbox, which lights up uh, around the power button, mm-hmm. would turn red, and only three slivers would be blinking, right? Yes. yes. And that basically means your system has failed, and it cannot be recovered. Yeah. Do you know the technical term for that? <laughs> Because uh, no. I don't. Red Ring of Death is as technical as it gets. System failure. Yeah. So if it's got four green rings, that means it's on, everything's good, right? Yeah. And then it would it would only have a green light on for every controller that was synced. So yeah. if you had four controllers plugged in, the whole thing would be green. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if at some point it would start blinking red with only three, that means your system is ruined. You can't use it anymore. Yeah. And you'd have to send it in and they would repair it for you. Now, this never happened to me because <laughs> it apparently already happened to you on your system before yeah, you so, gave it to so me. So your system has been repaired. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So I remember talking to a lot of my friends about this and a lot of them telling me that this happened to them. And because we were a little bit younger at the time, not many of us understood what it was. Yeah. I just thought like, wow, Microsoft is trying to screw people over and get, try to try to get you to buy a new system. That's what I thought. That, mm-hmm. that was my conspiracy theory at the time. Who knows? But there were some homebrew methods to get this fixed. Oh, really? Yeah. That I was told about. And okay. I don't know about the accuracy of any of these. Please take these with a grain of salt. But I was told that if that happens... You need to um, <laughs> you you need to cover it in blankets and turn it on, and then like get it as hot as possible, and then somehow it would like melt the whatever back into whatever. <laughs> have you ever heard about that? Okay, so I have heard of that, and that's that's wrong. Let, let me fill you in here. Okay. So, so the red ring of death, the failure, the the failure that is happening here is that they worked too quickly to get this out first. And they focused so much on the sleekness of the design of the case and didn't focus too much on airflow and, you know, just having ample space within this case. So it would overheat. The GPU, the graphics card, would get too hot. It would damage the motherboard. And I, th- I know that's the main thing that was happening. I also heard that part of the failure could be that it was getting so hot that it was melting the solder off of some of the circuits and just ruining what that is. That is crazy that it was getting that hot to do that. That, so that's what broke it and it would overheat damage itself. And the thing you're thinking about is when this started happening, Microsoft extended the warranty from one year to three years. So people could start getting in their repairs and Microsoft good on them. They ate all of this and got out in front of it because it was affecting like anywhere from 30 to 50% of all their consoles, which is hugely significant. And they said like, all right, we are going to pay for these repairs to all the shipping. We're going to do this. Otherwise it would have wrecked Microsoft's brand. Like it would have, Xbox might not be around if they didn't make these repairs. And it cost them $1.15 billion dollars billion dollars to make all these fixes Whoa. which is a problem that they probably could have fixed from the beginning but they just had to be the first out which i you know i don't blame them for that and so the blanket thing was people wanted to get the red ring of death before their warranty expired because they didn't want to get the red ring later when it oh. wasn't free so they were wrapping it in blankets and towels to cause it to fail, to overheat before their warranty expired. And I had a few friends in high school who did this and it worked. So, so the opposite of what you were just saying. I was going to say, like, 
that okay that does answer a lot of uh questions for me and that gives me a lot of context because that does not sound like a way to fix a console <laughs> i know well i guess some people were fixing their warranties right yeah i guess so <laughs> in some way holy cow <laughs> Hey, this is Editing Cameron here, and before I go on trying to correct Jake, I did want to say I did watch a video of someone repairing a Red Ring of Death, and they ended up fixing it by heating it up because the back of the GPU had come desoldered, basically, from the board. So he took a heat gun and just kind of went over it a while, getting it super hot, which caused the solder to remelt and then basically reattach the GPU to the motherboard. So there might be some truth in what Jake is saying. I just hadn't heard that before. Okay, well, that answers a lot of questions. Sorry about the confusion, folks. I really thought that I was giving some advice about fixing your console. <laughs> Don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, blocking heat uh, vents is uh, never the way to go. No, especially on that system, which buzzed very loud noticeably with its multiple fans oh all the gosh. time it sounded like a little tank yeah it know. did right <laughs> oh my gosh i mean it still does yeah gotta have that thing far away but anyway okay so red ring of death there you go yeah so my experience with this was devastating because Oof. this was when fable 2 was coming out and Fable 2 was so hyped. Everyone at school who had a 360, we were so excited for this. And yes, I've talked about Peter Molyneux in the past, how he overhyped the Fable games, and then he, he overpromised, and then they were nothing like what he said they were going to be. But that being said, I still really loved Fable 2. And we all like had pre-ordered it and got it after school, like the day it came out, and I took it to Jason's house. He had it up on his big screen. I had a TV set up next to it and booted it up. The title Fable 2 came up on the screen and then the red ring popped up and it crashed. And I, I was just like, no, no, what? Like, are you freaking kidding me? And I'm like freaking out. I unplug it. I plug it back in. I turn it on. Same thing. Doesn't even get to the Fable screen this time. Just straight to the red ring. And I was furious and i had to watch jason all night play his own fable 2 this game i've been so excited for and then had to wait like three weeks to get my xbox sent back to me before i could finally play it oh man i can just feel the pain there <laughs> in that time gosh oh man i'm sorry about that didn't know about that that sounds <laughs> devastating it was good gosh but, but it got fixed, and it, did. it still works to this day, I assume, as it sits in storage somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about like the interface on the system. It went through quite a few iterations over its lifespan, and honestly, I don't... Where was it? What, what did your dashboard look like when I gave you that one? When you gave it to me, mm -hmm. it did not look nearly like it does now. It was just icons that you could scroll from the side i guess if I'm that not, makes sense i'm not picturing what you're talking about so was it like the blades where it was like you had these panels of like these colored panels and you just go whoosh, whoosh, you like yeah you'd swipe through them yep that's, oh, okay yeah that, that's what i that's what i was trying to describe very okay. not well but it did change a lot from when you gave it to me to when i actually got it hooked up to the internet because mm -hmm. when I did hook it up to the internet, it was only because one of my newer games needed an update to play. Oh. So it was not using the internet at all for a very long time at my house. Hmm. That's really so. cool, though. It went through a bunch of iterations. It kind of tried to compete with Miis at one point and like added avatars that you can make. And I never personally cared about those, so maybe some of you do, but... What really stands out to me is just the substantial jump from like OG Xbox to this and how it just had so much more control from the menus of being able to connect with friends, being able to check achievements. We didn't even talk about that. This was the, the birth of achievements. <laughs> oh, shoot. Now I got I want to talk about achievements next. All right. Well, we're going to talk about those. We should. <laughs> yeah. No, um, we're talking about achievements next. Okay. 
And and just to compare that to like the Wii that had nothing. It had a friends list where you had to you had to give each other codes. This like <laughs> sixteen digit code to be friends and then barely interact with them on it. Well, this was just like so open and welcoming and uh, just intuitive. It was a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. No, it was, it was more advanced. It was, it was less, wouldn't say user-friendly. It was more fancy. It felt more sophisticated than the Wii did, for sure. It's more sophisticated than the dang Switch is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what oh, Nintendo well. has against interacting with people, but I don't know. Anyway, shall we talk achievements? I guess we totally could. I did not prepare anything for this, but let's let's discuss. Yeah, let's let's discuss achievements. So similar to the trophies system with PlayStation, because that's whoa, all whoa. I really know. Trophies well, are really similar know. to achievements because they stole them. But it's true. You're right. The trophies did come from the achievements. I think uh, Microsoft pioneered that, at least with the Xbox, and yeah. it's kind of awesome. Actually, it's a good way to stay. I don't know, accountable with certain games and people. Yeah. Like kind of track your friend's progress, track your own, and even give you bragging rights for certain things that you do. Some of them are really obscure, just random things that you do on your games. Get an achievement for it. Oh, did you get an achievement for this? No, but I got an achievement for that. Interesting. Yeah, so, it's a fun way to compare to see like who had done what. Definitely. And so, it gave longevity to games that you might have given up on earlier, but... I know some people complained about that because it's like, I don't want to get these achievements for a game I didn't like. And mm-hmm. I think initially achievements, they were very competitive, where it's just mm-hmm. like, who who had the higher gamer score? Now yeah. we've backed off from that where no one really cares. Or maybe it's just because we're adults and we just can't care. <laughs> but yep. what, were, what were your most like proud achievements? Proud. Did you have any full Shoot. thousand? A full thousand. Oh gosh, probably not. Okay, uh, I did not have a very high, a very high gamer score at all. I never played on Xbox Live, and like seeing your gamer score and mine, yours is like uncomparably higher than mine. Right. Yeah, my my time on 360 was limited to say the very least. But I remember being very proud of beating Assassin's Creed. And also beating Dead Island. Oh. Yep. Did you get, so you like 100% of those? Got all the achievements? I did for Assassin's Creed. Okay. But not for Dead Island. Honestly, that's, I, that's a hard game to oh, complete. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. I have a lot that I've got a perfect thousand on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked hard on it. I know Halo 3, Halo Reach, Dishonored. Bioshock 1, Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost the orange box. The orange box has some fun ones, but some really hard ones at the end with Portal. Yeah. Um, multiple Assassin's Creed's. Mm. I have all of them. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I did have a lot because it was fun. Is when you had another friend who's playing the same game to be able to mm-hmm. do something that they didn't do. And it's just interesting to see the evolution of that mm-hmm. over the course of all the games coming out. Because at the beginning, I don't think developers really were on board with what achievements were or what was happening. So, like, one of the launch titles was King Kong, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's King Kong. And that had, like, five achievements. Mm. And you just, they were all these 200-point achievements that you just naturally got for playing the game. So once oh. you beat the game, you had a perfect score. And there's actually a list of like just games that people would play just to boost their score because they were like easy thousand pointers. <laughs> I know there's Avatar The Last Airbender where there's just this weird glitch where it's like the first level you just like spam this attack and then just all the achievements start popping up at the bottom of your screen and you just Whoa. get a thousand points. Holy cow. It was weird. It's awesome. Yep. So anytime <laughs> you would look through someone's list and saw Avatar on there, it's like you piece of crap just just went and rented that for the thousand points there's no way you didn't do that <laughs> there's probably no way you can hide that either exactly it's gonna be out in the open for everyone to see yep oh my gosh i didn't realize until you just said that that every game had a thousand points was that the was that the cap 
So that was like the base, and then, oh, Fallout 3. Let's add that to the list. Um, But then as DLC would come out, they would add on like 100 or like 250 onto it. So I think Halo 3 ended up at like 1,750. And I I think I had that as well, all of those. But man, I I really want to like pull up my list right now and see how many I I got. Yes, so our top five this time is all the games that we want to replay on 360 that we are planning to talk about at some point (laughs) in upcoming episodes. And yeah, I think our list might match up a little bit, potentially. I I think so too. Yeah, I said this last week where just, man, this generation, as I was looking down the list of games to talk about, I was like, oh man, I got to replay that. I got to replay that. There's so many good, great games on here. So here we go. Jake. What is your number five game you'd most like to replay? My number five is, I guess to open this up, is Portal and Portal 2. Okay, that is on my list. Nice. Tell me about it. About Portal and Portal 2, which kind of becomes one story uh, together. Yeah. Let's be clear, Portal 2 is, it's so much better than Portal 1. Oh, it is, but the concept of Portal was introduced by itself. It was kind of its own thing. Uh, Portal introduced this really cool, I guess, kind of dimension hopping concept that was never seen before in video games, mm-hmm. uh, or at least not very much. And it opened up a new portal to this concept. <laughs> yeah, that game was a lot of fun. And it, and you just feels you felt so smart playing uh-huh. it, like figuring out the puzzles. Yeah, it's true. It was very satisfying to get through those. All right. So what about your number five? My number five is Red Dead Redemption. And it's number five because I loved this game so much. 100% of the campaign. But even though I loved it so much, I know I'm not actually going to replay it just because it's a big commitment to play through that game again. And also the beginning is so slow. It takes a while to like really get into that game. (laughs) But who knows? I might. It was a great game. You know, man, because I played Red Dead Redemption 2, I almost put Red Dead Redemption on my list. Yeah. But I never played it, so it wouldn't be fair. Oh, you didn't play the first one? Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't realize that. Nope. So, since we probably won't talk about it then, since you didn't play it, I'm going to say one thing that really bugs me is the fact that they called the next one Red Dead 2. Yeah. When I don't know the story of Red Dead 2, I didn't play it. And maybe it's about redemption as well. Yeah, but it's it is. like it's a prequel. It's a different character, and I know it's still like the same story. And their their actual first game is Red Dead Revolver, which isn't actually connected. I don't think. No, it's just like why didn't you just make the next one like another Red Dead Rus something, mm-hmm. like Red Dead Requiem or? Yeah, it, it makes sense when you play it, and I I don't really know much about the first one, but the Red Dead Redemption 2 is actually a prequel. Yeah. And it makes sense if you play it, but again, (laughs) a very I know, but still, it's just like, I think they should have come up with a different name just to to fit with the the franchise. But anyway, what is your number? Oh, that was your number four. My number four is Halo Reach, which I I really struggled between putting this and Halo 3. So honestly, I'm going to play through them both. But Halo Reach... I know some people didn't like it because the characters just, they, I don't know, they weren't that attached to them. Uh-huh. Or maybe they thought it was too rushed. I don't know. Or maybe it's because they know that it's a tragedy that, that everyone's doomed from the beginning. Uh-huh. But I, I loved this campaign. I thought it was really good. I liked getting to make my own Spartan instead mm-hmm. of being a famous one. Yeah. And... I don't know. What, what did you think? I thought some very positive things about it, too. Um, actually, that works perfectly because that one is my number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Halo Reach, I feel the same way. It, it just had an emotional feel to it. And uh, I, I guess a sense of realism that mm-hmm. went beyond three and ODST, in my opinion. So that was Halo Reach for me. 
but my number four was not Red Dead Redemption. I oops, if if I gave you that, um, no, I'm sorry. Not. Well, I, I thought you told me you're four. Oh no, 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 I didn't. Not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my four is, is Assassin's Creed Two. Okay. Shoot, that's not on my list. I really thought about it, but I think everything else on my list I, I just like more. And when I did consider Assassin's Creed, although two was a huge jump forward from one, it's such a good game. I think it's just made such strides since then that I'd rather play one of the newer ones than actually go back to two. Yeah, I got you. Understandable. Same here. I should replay it, though. Yeah. Even though Assassin's Creed 2 is great. It is. It is great. Ezio Artore de Firenze. Very Ooh. cool guy. Fancy Italian there. Nice. Yes. <laughs> if you can you can't see us, we're holding our, our pinched fingers up in front as we speak. <laughs> Ezio Artore eating yes. pizza in Ven- <laughs> Venice. <laughs> What's that's not how they say Venice in Italian. I don't even know. All right. Anyway. You're right. <laughs> So what's your uh, number three? My number three was Portal Two. Oh, cool! So there's you. our two points. What's your number two? My number two is Bioshock. Oh snap! That's my number two. <gasps> oh dang! We just, we just got five points now, man. Whoa! Just tied this, our this, record. This is amazing, Bioshock. There, there's something very awesome about this deco punk, you know, futuristic kind of post-apocalyptic type game that takes place underwater for the most yeah. part. <laughs> this this is just as novel and creative as and artistic as games get. Yes. I was blown away by this game. I, I was very scared of it at first. I thought the initial trailer was pretty gross mm-hmm. and I did not want to play it because it was the main character getting impaled by Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not like that one bit. Thought, who, what freak made this disgusting game? <laughs> and then I loved it. I loved it so much. And then this game series kind of spiraled in motion the genre of artistic video games. Video yeah. games that could be considered art, per se. Mm-hmm. Or at least it helped pioneer it. So, yeah, yeah man. And, and then the second one was good. It just, you know, it was in the shadow of the first one. It's hard to top it. Mm-hmm. And then Infinite, I loved. I don't think, I think the the critics are kind of all over the place on Infinite. Mm-hmm. But supposedly they're in works on a new one coming oh, out. Oh, no kidding. I, I know no more than that, but very excited. That would be awesome. <laughs> So there we are at five points. I know our number one is not the same. So let's go ahead, though, and finish it up. What is your number one, Jake? All right, man. My number one is Mass Effect. But you never played that. I did. Not very much. But I told (laughs) myself, I promised myself I'd replay it at some point, like you are telling me to when it does come out in uh, form that I can download it. So that's the game that I need to go back and play. You absolutely do. I cannot wait for the the remaster to come out. Lindsay already said we're going to play through it together again. Hopefully she uh, sticks to that. <laughs> but I don't know wh- what to do about this because my number one is Mass Effect 2. Oh, well, well you know the, what? The sequel. So <laughs> do we get a point for that? I say I- that... That is definitely worth one point. Maybe not three. Okay. Let's give that one and make this our new record of six points. Oh, snap. What an effect this has had on us. Oh, my. It's it's definitely massive. <laughs> but, um, ting, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so here's a category we thought we wouldn't actually have a lot of overlap on, but I think we we played a lot of the greats together. Yes. There was actually there was a lot more I actually wanted to put on this list like Dishonored for example but I've actually replayed Dishonored a ton to where I don't need to replay it again so awesome good conclusion there six points the Xbox 360 what a system honestly there's a lot more I want to talk about so hopefully it comes up just naturally through future episodes about games Mm -hmm. but what a system I would agree man 
we, we had some pretty good uh, experiences that were shared on this system. Yeah. And um, you're, you're the one who kind of got me started on these initial really good games like Bioshock, Mass Effect, Assassin's <laughs> Creed, and Portal. You're the one who told me about them. So ultimately... Uh, yeah, so I guess that makes sense then. Played, yeah. A as usual, you show me all the new stuff and I, you know, crawl out from under the rock. <laughs> that's that's you getting the the oculus right basically but you're <laughs> ahead of so many people not not enough people have an oculus true so it's cool though anyway 2005 to 2013 the 360 again it really defined this generation for us and i'm super excited for these games that we're going to talk about obviously these five on our list but more than that there's so much to discuss and that is it so thank you, everyone, for listening this week. My name is Cameron. And I am Jake. And I forgot to think of a new outgoing message. So Oh, let's see. Huh. <laughs> Have a Xbox nerdy week. No, that's terrible. Well, you've said you've done Xboxulent before. Xboxulent. Uh, Xboxulent week. 60... I have no clue. I'm I'm not getting anything. Alright, just <laughs> I'm not thinking of anything. Just say sayonara. Okay. <clears throat> Minasan sayonara. <laughs>